We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Hi, this is Gwendolyn. And I'm your host at The Visual Workplace, our weekly radio show about letting the workplace speak. For those of you who are new to our show, in each of our shows, we look at some aspect of that, of the way that I like to say it, of embedding the intelligence of our operational system into the physical landscape of work through visual devices. The devices hold our intelligence in all its various components, And the workplace speaks as a result. When the workplace speaks, we flow. We do the dance of work. We we know what to do, how to do it, when to do it, how much to do. We know what we need to know. It's right there at our fingertips. We pull it to us through visual devices. We have visual answers to the information deficits that were previously in the workplace. Our questions are questions of a different nature. We no longer ask questions that are repetitive or of a um, kind of ordinarily operational level. They are questions on a higher level, questions that enable us to see more deeply into our work process and into ourselves, into the business model, into the corporate intent and our role in that corporate intent. So visuality really addresses the noise that is in the system when the system is flooded with questions, unanswered questions or questions that need to be re-answered each and every time. A pre-visual workplace is also a place of many, many interruptions. I'm interrupting you to ask a question. You're being interrupted so that you can answer it. And we know the research has shown us It takes us 8 to 10 minutes to recover from an interruption, any interruption, whether it's a long or a short interruption. By recover doesn't mean to get back to what you were doing, but to get back to the depth of focus, of focused intensity that was there before the interruption. Now, sometimes we're doing light work and we just kind of resume it rather automatically, but sometimes we're in the middle of creating a certain kind of spec or following a certain line of thought if you're um, an office employee or an engineering employee, and the interruption is very costly. 
but it can also be costly in terms of taking our focus away from the matter at hand. And when we resume, we may have lost the thread. Boom, there goes a defect. Okay? So a pre-visual workplace has lots of interruptions, uncontrolled interruptions that are taken as a kind of natural part of work. That's the deceptive part about a visual workplace. You honestly don't know its impact until after it's in place because it addresses so many microscopic levels of the enemy and the enemy I call motion moving without working. And today, today, what we're going to be focused on is questions or secrets of a visual conversion. I wanted to do a show on this, and I've got four or five of them lined up for you. If we run over, then uh, we'll pick them up the next time. There's a great deal to be said about this. And before I jump in to the keys, the secrets of a visual conversion, uh, which I have learned, I must say, because um, at first I failed and sometimes miserably over the first 10, 12 years of my work in visuality. But I've been doing this for 30 years, so I've had a chance to learn. There's been enough time for me to uh, try new things and to have successes instead of repeated failures. But before we jump in, I have a few announcements. And I also want to thank you for your great response to last week's show, our first mailbag. Besides liking uh, our answers, your emails have told us, you also sent in some new questions, I think very interesting questions, which we will say for our next mailbag show, which probably will be in two or three months in June or something like that. So thank you very much. Thank you. It's really wonderful to be in touch with you. And it is also wonderful to know that you're interested in visuality and interested in finding ways to do it more powerfully and more completely in your own work. We heard some uh, from some folks in hospitals, our friends in Australia, and also some in the Boston area. So hooray, thank you. I also want to let you know that I have four or five public seminars coming up, maybe close to you. Some of them are a little bit remote from where I am here in Portland, Oregon. In a couple of weeks, I'll go to England for two back-to-back public seminars and plant tours, one in a continuous flow bottling plant and the other in aerospace assembly. Should be very interesting. They are uh, sponsored by the Lean Management Journal in uh, the London area. So you can just look up Lean Management Journal, look at their events, and they'll tell you more. I'm pretty sure they're sold out, but we're going to be doing that again at the end of May. I had forgotten about that. <laughs> you know, why should I complain about going to the UK twice? But it's like twice with a three-week space in between, and I'd forgotten I'd forgotten. Anyway, when I come back in April, I go immediately to Jacksonville for the annual Shingo Prize at Jacksonville, Florida, and I'll do another workshop on May the 1st, and I'll do another one on, uh, with a, with a plant tour on June 12th and 13th, sponsored by AME in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, our good friend, Doug Kahlberg, uh, who runs um, M2 Global, has sponsored that event and done a lot of the legwork. This is the second time we've come through, and there seems to be a good response. We'll be using his plant as the um, assessment site for uh, visuality. 
And you know what else? Uh, I'm going to be going to the awards dinner as well. I'll do a workshop at the Shingo Prize, but I'm going to the awards dinner because my book, Work That Makes Sense, has won the Shingo Research Prize. I'm really excited about that, and of course, I'm honored. And also, my brother is going to be coming down. He's going to be flying down from Hoboken, New Jersey, or maybe he'll drive. And uh, this is my brother, Gary. Gary is a master plumber. He runs his own company in Hoboken. He's been doing that for decades. But when we were both very young in our 20s, he used to drive a cab in New York City where he was an artist. I was teaching Latin in New Jersey, and he was painting portraits in New York. He would drive his cab for 36 hours or 72 hours with minimal sleep, and then he would paint like an artist. He would paint a bohemian on a canvas. He also, uh, and I remember he said to me, hey, listen, sis, I'm going to be Vincent Van Gogh, and you need to be Theo. He wanted my money. Theo was Vincent Van Gogh's brother and supported him financially, and I kind of looked at him, and we had that relationship for a number of years. (laughs) He was also a, a... he, he was also a filmmaker making 16 millimeter films in, um, in New York. He showed at the Whitney Museum. And, you know, at some point he decided, he said, you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. I like the kind of people plumbers become when they get grown up. I'm going to become a plumber. So he became a plumber and he began to set, uh, to sit something called Zen. So he became a Zen plumber and, uh, and uh, I'm probably telling you too much, but this is really cool. Uh, his plumbing partner is a, a guy you may know named Philip Glass. He's a very, very famous, world-famous composer. And he and Gary used to, pl- you know, do plumbing together underneath buildings. And when a pipe would, wouldn't give, Philip used to start singing and it would turn. So anyway, Gary's coming to this awards, uh, this awards banquet i'm very excited as you can tell and you know what happened about five years ago out of the blue gary asked me to start looking at some of his poems poems what poems i didn't know he wrote poems but he had been writing for 40 years for 40 years he sent me 20 40 100 200 poems and they were wonderful and i said let's let's put a book together and we did it took about a year and it's on amazon now it's called Yes, Yes by Gary Galsworth. Wonderful poems. Last night gave birth to icicles uncountable. Remember that poem? So beautiful. Anyway, you can get it on Amazon. It's only about 12 bucks. And you'll be supporting a Zen plumber. So he's my big brother. He's flying down and I'm thrilled. So let's get on <laughs> to the business of uh, our business today, our today's show, which is the secrets of a visual conversion success. And thanks for letting me tell you that story. It really thrills me to uh, talk about my brother. He's my hero. We've had a really, really good time together. So uh, secrets of a visual conversion success. You know, I've had my own experience, and I think if you're listening at all, that's what you're interested in. What have I learned that I can share with you that can help you on your journey? So I'm going to give you six keys that I've uh, discovered over the last 30 years, 20, 30 years. And I hope to paint a picture that will help you um, think about your implementation of visuality perhaps in a new way 
or confirm the direction you're currently going in. Many, many companies have made the mistake of implementing visuality the same way they implement lean, and they train it pretty much the same way. The content is different, but their approach and training is the same as lean. But in fact, the success of a visual workplace depends on a protocol that is very different from the one that works for lean. So today I'm going to try to go through five, if we're lucky, six of the keys. The first one, I'll just give you the the list first, is start small and make sure you learn first. Create a demonstration. That's the first. The second one is visual does not fit the Blitz format. That's the second one. So people try to squeeze it into the Blitz format. You can do Blitzes, but not, not to start with. The third key is don't fiddle with the methodology. And I'll explain that when I get there. Don't fiddle. The fourth key is everyone gets trained. The fifth is provide training that dazzles. And I'll explain why in a little bit. And the sixth is more going more deeply into actually implementing implementing is leave the grouches alone. Not sure we're going to have time to cover that one in this show, but I'll just put that in your ear and see what happens. Leave the grouches alone. Don't worry about them. So we're sliding into a break right now, and as soon as we come back, I'll start with the first key, which is start small and make sure you learn first. Okay, so I'll see you in just a moment. Thanks for tuning in today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. 
If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi. Hi, this is Gwendolyn. If you just tuned in, we're doing the secrets of a visual conversion success today, and we've named six of them. We're starting a number one right now. So here we go. Start small. Create a demonstration. Make sure you learn first. So, you know, managers love bringing in improvement changes, and they love it to happen quickly and seamlessly. They see that they need it. They find a good methodology. They buy it or they learn about it. They implement it, and then they want to reap the results. That's the way they want to do it. And many companies find it very hard to tolerate that the organization is not going to change quickly. Slowly, slowly, companies are learning that, but it's always a disappointment. Oh my gosh, this is going to take longer than I ever thought. It almost always does. It almost always does. I remember uh, um, an engineer from a huge aerospace company that will remain nameless right now in uh, the Texas area, in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area, a mile-wide plant. And this dear uh, engineer uh, comes up to me about 15 years ago and says, listen, Gwendolyn, I have to convert to visuality It was July, by the way, by December 31st. That's my mandate. My boss wants me to do it by December 31st, and I didn't even know how to begin to talk to him about why that was such a bad idea. (laughs) took a while. (laughs) But in fact, what happened, what happens is that people want it quickly, and they get results that don't last. So the Kaizen Blitz came along. You know, it came along in the 1980s. I was there when it was created. And it is a very, very important format for change. So it was called Lean, it was called JIT at the time. This was in the mid-1980s. The Japanese came over in 1985, a particular group headed by a brilliant Toyota internal coach, Yoshiki Iwata. And showed us, I was with productivity and a guy named Norman Bodak, my, my first boss. Um, they showed us how to convert a factory from traditional manufacturing to cellular design in five days and four nights. We started at George Conan-Saker's plant over at Windsor Locks. Um, I think it was, it's Jake's, Jake's Briggs, yeah. And we learned about standard time and one-piece flow and tack time. It all happened in a week. The shrinkage of flow time and flow distance was 80-90% in that single week. It created a revolution. And it took about four years for that form, the five days and four nights, to evolve into the market-happy form known as the Kaizen Blitz. And that was the work of AME, the Kaizen Blitz. Very big contribution, tremendous help for companies everywhere. It's a form that's still being used, but at the time it spread like wildfire because of these rapid, rapid dramatic changes. It's also known as a rapid improvement event, an RIE. It's a form for transformation, and it is popular everywhere, and it's effective. But we have to ask ourselves why it's effective. Kaizen blitzes are effective because 
and I'm going to just map this out for you because I want to make a few points in comparison with a visual conversion. And the Kaizen Blitz format is not useful for the beginning stages of visuality. But first, let's look at what that Kaizen Blitz format is, right? The Kaizen Blitz format is putting in place a predetermined engineering change. Okay? And, the, and one of the things that the Kaizen Blitz allows us to do and makes it so appealing to business and industry, to company leaders, is that a Kaizen Blitz allows you to control time. It doesn't put any special time pressure on your production system or your schedule. You can shut down for two or three days or four or five days, change everything and go back to a completely new landscape of work and run with that for a year or two or four or five. It won't be stable if it doesn't go visual, but it will look as though the change is permanent because you've moved machines, you've changed the flow, you've reduced the work in process, you've gotten rid of the buffers. There's a lot of work to do afterwards to get everything lined up, but the change itself is predetermined. You know it's going to have an impact, and you do it. And you need to have employees, operators involved in doing it because to some extent, not a great extent, but in my view, and this is from the 1985 point of view, it is a predetermined engineering change. Plus, only a handful of employees need to be involved. You don't need to pull the whole line, right? You don't need to make your production schedule suffer. Third, I'm going down a little list here. So the first is you can control time. The second is not everyone needs to be involved, just a handful. There are real problems with that that we'll address at another time. Third, the changes are immediate and dramatic. As I mentioned before, 80% reduction in flow distance. The footprint just disappears. Fourth, you can tackle many, many things and follow up via the newspaper. You know, it's a list. It's kind of like a hit list. And you know what? Number five, if people don't like the change, they will still live with it because the change will happen because the focus is on attacking the waste and making it a business benefit. So Kaizen blitzes are very, very powerful. They have morphed a great deal in the last 20 years. So they do many, many other things. The focus is on Kaizen incremental improvement. More people are involved. It has become an important wedge in the culture. But it is not the same as a visual conversion, at least not the way we do it. Visuality, moving to the second key. The first key is... um, haven't really explained that yet. I have to build, I have to build into it. We actually jumped to the Kaizen Blitz is not really the right format for visuality. So let me build that and I'll get back to what I mean by teach yourself first. Visuality can't be created through the Blitz format because it has to do with putting an operational language in place building a new language made up of visual devices and changing the landscape of work, populating it with visual devices. It's a living language. It's a functional language. We translate information into exact behavior through these visual devices. 
So when I talk about a visual conversion, I'm not talking about putting a few point solutions in place whose purpose it is to anchor and amplify lean outcomes. It's much, much a much wider frame than that. Visuality, as I have come to know it and to love it, is not simply a handmaiden to lean, but it is a distinct, measurable, and dramatic contribution of its own. It is one wing of a two-winged bird. You've heard me use that analogy before. And it will eliminate 15 to 30% of the drag on your current production system. 15 to 30% increase in throughput. Because it addresses something that is still invisible to lean, and that is the minuscule information deficits in your operational system. The kind that you see in the form of motion, I'm sorry, in the form of questions, which is a form of motion, in looking, looking again, in wondering, in waiting. These are minuscule. They're on a microscopic level. The reason why visual and lean work so well together is that lean puts this powerful engineering change in place and changes the landscape of the flow and on a macro level and visual takes care of the microscopic level. If you don't take care of the macro level, the lean level, any benefit that you create on the microscopic level that visual addresses will be absorbed in the noise by the noise in the system above it. In the macro, the noise, the noise in your macro flow will absorb any benefit you get out of visual and vice versa. If you have only lean and you don't bring visual in place, your lean will become unstable for reasons that will be so hard for you to track down. So visuality is creating a big change in the working culture, in the thinking of the plant and you'll see that thinking in, in the form of visual devices. Visuality happens differently than, than, than lean. We have to learn to see. We have to learn to see motion triggered by information deficits. And then we have to follow the trail to those deficits and replace the deficits with visual answers. And we do that iteratively. Yes, you can do project-based visuality. We often do that. You can look at a complex problem and find a configuration of visual devices that address that problem. That's fine. But that's not the same as building a new core competency in the company, creating a workforce of visual thinkers. So what you want to do in your first cycle, the, the key is what do you do with that first cycle? And here is the first key that I talked about, start small. You begin, you understand that that first cycle is for your own learning. For you, if you're a trainer, trainer coach, you have to learn how to implement visuality. You have to learn what visuality is. And I'm not talking about the training of trainers. Training of trainers, we do a five-day training of trainers. It's fabulous. And then you have to go out and do it. This is like being a parent and having the first kid. You still... You're pregnant, you're going to have the kid, you're going to have to deal with that kid. You train, you launch an implementation, you're going to have to deal with that first cycle. Make it small so you can understand mistakes when you're making them because you are going to make them. 
What I say is the first cycle of a visual conversion is for your own learning. And I'm talking about, I'm talking to the trainers and managers and implementers. I'm not talking, if you're doing doorway number one, the 5S doorway, I'm not talking to the operators. Operators will have their own learning curve, but your learning curve is in that first cycle. You have to learn how to implement the principles of visuality and as important, as importantly, how to implement them in your company, in your company at that specific location. Hmm? And so you focus on that in your first cycle. You can't simply forge ahead and do iterations the way the guy from the aerospace company said, let's convert by December 31st. The steps are formulaic. They follow a sequence and for good reason. But the focus is on the learning that trainers and coaches must acquire. It's one of the reasons why we ask the management champion to pretty much seal himself in his office. Don't come downstairs because this is a mistake cycle. This is me trying to learn how to use powerful visual methodologies in this company. I have to learn the what, what these principles are, but I also have to learn what the barriers are in our system. I have to see those barriers. I have to tangle with them. I've got to get them smooth. I can't simply forge ahead. If there's a relationship with maintenance that needs to be created, I got to do it now at the beginning. And I got to focus on that in a small frame to get maintenance on board so that we can get these improvement ideas turned into devices with some amount of speed, right? Or maybe I'm having difficulty with supervisors. Maybe they're having trouble finding time for improvement, which is very, very important for visuality when we are not depending on an event-based format like a Kaizen Blitz where we actually have to find time. This is... As challenging for big companies as it is for small and for small companies as it is for big ones. We have to recast time so that there's time for improvement. We have to crack the code on time. So we got to learn how to do that also during the first cycle. We need to create a demonstration of how that works here as well. So we're going into our first break. Let's do that now. I'm sorry, into our next break, and I'll see you in a moment. We'll continue our conversation about keys to a successful visual conversion. Thanks very much. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. America Business Network, 
the bottom line in business. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, it's Gwendolyn, and we are into the keys to a successful visual conversion. These are both pretty granular, they're pretty particular, but they're also conceptual. And I hope for the implementers who are listening today that you take this to heart. It's really important for you to start in a single department and let that be for your own learning. Learn how to do it. Learn about the barriers in the system. Learn how to smooth them out. Have your infrastructure in place. Remember we talked about this in early January of this year. You have to have your three-legged stool. You have to have a group of people who are willing to be held accountable. And then you have to learn how to do, how to implement visuality in your own plant. So that first cycle is for the people who populate that infrastructure to learn what visuality is, how it works, how it doesn't work. It's like being new parents. New parents learn from the first kid. You learn from your first cycle. No amount of training can teach you what's really going to happen. No amount of books can prepare you. They can only give you a sense. So you have, it's just you and the new kid, and you're going to learn how to turn that kid into a human being and keep yourself sane at the same time. And like that first kid, the first cycle of your conversion, that first department is often the casualty to your own learning. Casualty. The kid's going to need therapy when he's, by the time he's 14. But that's okay. You'll do better on the second kid and the third and the fourth. And normally the way it goes is you begin with one department where you have a very supportive supervisor and you have the possibility of finding time for improvement so you don't go to your highest value add area. You maybe start in quality or you start in packaging or you start in um, um, a machining area perhaps. Well, no, that's usually under a lot of pressure. You want the pressure off so you can learn. The first group will take longer. On the uptake, you'll make your mistakes in terms of culture and society. You will not exactly know the strength of the principles. There will be struggles and then you start about uh, about uh, two months into your first cycle, you start your si- second cycle, and you plow what you just learned in your first cycle into your second cycle. Your second kid is a better kid. You know, it's not that it's a better kid, you're a better parent. And then the third cycle, I think it's one of the reasons why Mormons have six kids, because by the time they get to the fourth or fifth kid, they really are making a contribution to the citizenry. <laughs> and that's the way it is with you. So you'll have one area and then you, and you go through it. Your second cycle might be two linked areas so that you can start working on the visual linkages, the visual conversation between linked functions. And that will take, that will actually complete earlier than the first cycle. You start the third cycle, you'll maybe have three departments link there, you're going to be picking up speed, and by the time you get to your fourth cycle, you're really moving along. 
and lots of things are happening simultaneously. The infrastructure is in place and it is functioning. Okay? So think about this. You are actually cultivating your own, um, your own skills and you're cultivating demonstration sites. Places in the plant that people can go to to see how visuality works, how it functions, and to know how it got there. And that brings me to key number three. Don't fiddle with the methodology. Choose a methodology. We love ours. Of course, we've got many, many pathways. We actually do have options. But you adopt a methodology and you follow it step by step. You wait before you make any tweaks or local adjustments. You use that methodology to create the change in that pathway that it promises. You resist the temptation to cherry pick. Because what we usually cherry pick, and especially related to methodology, is the stuff we understand. But you're bringing in a methodology to bring in a competency that you don't quite understand because you don't live it yet. You're bringing in this methodology. You follow it. And I say you follow it through three iterations and then you tweak it. Because then if you give up something, you will be giving it up because you know it, not because you don't understand it. Or you'll be making a slight tweak that will make it more powerful for your local site. Okay? There should be, even in large corporations, there should be the uh, possibility of local adjustments, making it uh, customized in, the, in some of the details. You create a showcase. You follow that methodology and it should produce a showcase. If you're following a lean protocol, it should produce a demonstration of lean as a business benefit and also as an operational sequence. I remember Angie Alvarado at Sears in Sacramento, which was our demonstration site for Sears 12,000 trucks making home service um, uh, um, repair throughout the country, 67 different districts. And she followed the methodology, our methodology, I'm happy to say, our methodology for the conversion to get the trunks, trucks to begin visual, to become visual. There wasn't a question of standardizing them. They had spent millions of dollars trying to standardize trucks and they weren't able to do it because a technician who has his own truck has his own company. He's an entrepreneur in his own right. And you don't, you're not there. And he's gonna, she's gonna do whatever she or he wants. Anyway, she, she followed the methodology, but she had these wonderful new elements that she introduced. For example, technicians would come in once a month to show what, how they had visually improved their trucks. They would actually have to present on it. And then she would have prepped in advance all of the cool little items that they put on their trucks that had to do with new brackets or new shelving. She would have it all laid out. In, in, the, in the room so that after the presentation, the technicians who would come in, they'd come in 15, 20 of them at a time, could go shopping. They'd go and pick what they wanted or they just heard about it. Oh, look, I can use that. I like what he said about Velcro. I'm going to use some Velcro. It was all there. She had, she, her additions were so important, but she went through three cycles, maybe even four cycles before she knew what she could do to add value to the methodology. What she could do. And you know, she started 47th, 47th district in a field of, in a field of 67. And in two years later, she was number one. I swear to goodness, that's the truth. 
<laughs> Let's move on to the next key. So that key was about follow the methodology until you understand it enough to make adjustments. The fourth key is everyone gets trained. This is another one that grades. You know, I'm not spending a lot of time today talking about the importance of cracking the code on time, of finding time for improvement versus just time for production. But we will spend a show on that. We'll go through the seven startup requirements in painful detail. (laughs) But this is one that's just as irritating to those managers who want change fast and seamlessly. And that is everyone gets got tra- gets trained. They don't have to be trained simultaneously, but they do have to have the same training experience as everyone else. A visual conversion is about creating a new core competency. I call it visual thinking. That thinking is an extension of the understandings that support operational excellence. So to get that new thinking in place, people have to have an experience. And I want to tell you that I have found that simulations are not that useful in visuality. We can't really demonstrate the one-piece flow of visuality and everybody goes, ooh, I get it. I did some simulations for 10 years in the 1980s and good ones. It was called Mumbo Jumbo Inc., It went on to be the simulation that the MEPs used in the 90s and maybe even today. Simulations are great for raising awareness. They are also very good for selling, making it very smooth for people to see what the end result looks like. But they are deceptive because they do not demonstrate or simulate the new thinking, the actual way the synapses fire differently because you're understanding principles of visuality. They don't also, they also don't simulate how hard it's going to be to implement. They simply simulate an event where we recognize the benefit of the new model, but we don't actually understand it well enough to implement. They raise awareness. So when you train the way that I, some of you know my work, The way that I want to train is I want to show everyone gets trained and I want to show, and this is the fifth key, dazzling examples of visual principles and actions, solutions that are intoxicating, that seduce, that entice, so that I say, I want one like that. Oh, I want one like that. Only I can do it better. And that's whether it's a supervisor, a CEO, an operator, a marketing rep, I want one like that. I want the struggle to leave my work. So key number four is we're going to train everyone, not necessarily simultaneously. We go through a sequence that has 10 modules, pretty much trained over six sessions. But the period is like three and a half months because we're building a language. We can't possibly install it all at the same time because it would be like asking a first grader, to uh, write complex poetry in iambic pentameter. You know, you got to build towards it. So you get this, and you get these tremendous bursts of ingenuity and brilliance along the way. That's another thing we need to talk about, how to get people engaged when, at the beginning, they don't want to be engaged. <laughs> they don't want to do your will. <laughs> they want to be adults. They want to misbehave. 
We'll talk about that too. But for our purposes now, you need to figure out a pacing that will allow you to train everyone. And that, and that means all shifts as well. That means all shifts. I have often gone to a plant at nine o'clock for a 10 o'clock training that gets over at one. That's part of my job. Or I'll come in at four. Or our affiliates will. Or our, 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 our um, colleagues will. Everyone gets trained. Everyone. And, you know, now we offer these big screen webinars so that people don't have to master the content in order to get on to the implementation. And I'm so very pleased about that because it's very important to train in a way that's interesting and to be able to explain these examples and to be able to bring people into the screen. You see, you don't do that in Lean. In, in Lean, you do other things. They are equally important, but they're not the same. You don't just talk about principles. You have to demonstrate them. So we're going to come back after the break. We've got another key to go over, and I think we'll be in good shape by the end of the show. Thanks for listening. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Think of the world. 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, this is Gwendolyn, and we're in our last segment of the keys to a visual conversion success. We've gone over five of them, and I'm going to go back over them and add a few more points so that they perhaps uh, ingrain and train just a bit more. The sixth one, which is leave the grouches alone, really we have to spend a good amount of time on that, Define what grouches 
are <laughs> and why they are that way and also what the others who are not grouches are and how to work with that in terms of inertia and resistance. I think we can, we should probably do a whole show on it and I'll look to maybe doing that uh, over the next month or so so we can have a segue. But for right now, the five keys that we went over are start small, create a demonstration, the first learning cycle is for you. Maybe those are two keys. I kind of clump them together. Number two, don't expect the Kaizen Blitz to work for visual, not in the first several cycles. Number three, don't fiddle with the methodology until you learn what it is. Number four, everyone gets trained. And number five, the training, let the training be dazzling, dazzling training. So let me go back a little bit in. You start small, you create a demonstration, you take yourself off of the um, hot spot and just say, you know, this first cycle is going to be for me. I'm going to learn how to do it. I'm going to make my mistakes. And maybe you'll only have 12 people in the in the training room. And this is whether or not you buy big screen webinars to do the training for you or you learn the training yourself or you have a good other package of visual uh, training. That first cycle is for you. Learn what the training is about and learn how to implement. Learn what the barriers are in the system and address them. Use your infrastructure, your accountability infrastructure to help you smooth the barriers and remove them, get them out of your way. You won't lose, a, you won't use a blitz because a blitz moves much too fast and assumes an infrastructure and also assumes that you can create that change during a confined period of time. With visual, because you're building thinking through language, you're building a new language of thinking, you can't do that. You see, we've cap, in lean, we've captured the thinking by physically moving the machines. We've captured the thinking by identifying standard work, first cut, second cut, third cut, standard work. That's in, we're embedding time into that standard work. And then we're creating the vacuum called pull. We're using structure to create pull. But in visual, because we're creating a language on a microscopic level, the visual blitz is not the right format can't move that quickly and you can later on you can integrate blitzes later on i would say after the first nine months nine to ten months depending on the size of your plant after the first four or five cycles you can you will be doing blitzes to implement but not to learn not to do the the teaching okay so make an adjustment and you're thinking now it's not the blitzes are off of the table. It's just that you have to wait until there's enough uh, understanding of the concepts to utilize those blitzes and get something done. Otherwise, you're just going to see cookie cutter visuality or zero visuality. People need to be stimulated by that fifth principle or that fifth key, which is the training is dazzling. The training is there with these wonderful pictures that have depth in them. They have the depth of, of, of the visual principles that they reflect. So when people, when we do training and when you do training, you put a picture up there and you say, tell me what's going on here. Tell me what is, what is the, what are the visual principles that you see? Or even if you're not 
trained in those principles. Tell me what the, this landscape looked like before it was visual. So you need to have really deep visuals if you to derive a before from it. How do you derive a before? The after is very clearly and dramatically different. People enter these pictures. The training room, we were talking about this just the other day with the folks at LEI. The training room can go entirely silent. It can feel like you're a stand-up comic and you're bombing because the room will get that quiet. But I've learned over the years, when the room gets quiet like that, it means that people have entered the solution and they are now in their mind applying it to their own work. They're doing very deep internal work, deep internal creativity. And that's why the room is silent. And a room of 70 people will go dead silent. And you'll think, oh, no, I'm bombing. But no, people are thinking. And they're thinking very deeply. And you move cautiously so as not to interrupt them. You thread carefully through that. It's a very precious, very precious moment. So we also talked about key number three, don't fiddle with the methodology. Find a sequence of steps that creates a visual outcome and follow it until you've internalized it and then you make your adjustments. And everyone gets trained. This brings us right up against the element of time. How is time used? Is it seen as a flexible resource or as a static resource and a limited one in your corporation, in your enterprise? One of the most powerful uses of visuality is to crack the code on time because you need time for that conversion. Later on, you can pick up speed. I mean, later on, later on, when people have the language under their belt, you can do something like you can say, let's have a month of store things, not air. The principle, the visual principle of this month is store things, not air. And 30 people will do it or 1,500 people will do it. They'll understand what you mean and they'll go after the negative air in the environment and they'll squeeze the air out and they'll be storing things, as we like to say, not air. Or you'll say, let's have a month of design to task. Let's have a month of, this usually happens very early, on color-coded task. Or let's apply the principles, nothing on top, nothing on the floor, for a month. Then you can do that because people have got the thinking and they're looking for ways to go deeper because they have the appetite. They've learned to speak a new language. And it is poetry. To the visual thinker, visual devices are poetry. You talk to John Pacheco at United Electric Controls. That is poetry for him. And he glories in it. Visual thinkers are like thoroughbreds, if I may mix my metaphors here and call humans thoroughbred horses. But a great visual thinker is like a thoroughbred horse. And if you've been around thoroughbreds, my father was a handicapper. He was a failed handicapper, but he nevertheless, he bet, <laughs> bet the family fortune on it. The thoroughbreds race for the wind on their hair. The thoroughbreds race so that they can feel the stretch of their legs. And they race to win. They race for the pure pleasure of it, and they win. So that's what we're doing in creating a workforce of visual thinkers and creating that first demonstration. We're learning how to do that, and it can and it will happen. I had a great time with you today. I hope this was useful for you. 
Um, I am thinking about publishing a list of topics that we'll do over the next five or six sessions or five or six months, but I just don't have enough stability to commit to that. And sometimes I learn so much in these sessions that I change my mind. I want to thank you very much for tuning in, for giving us your precious time. (laughs) This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I'm signing off. See you the next time. Thank you. We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening.